spanning the Valley of the Sun and all across the 48th state. This is the Gatos and Chad Show. Happy, 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 wet, rainy Thursday. This portion of the program is brought by the amazing, the incredible Parker and Sons, plumbing and electrical, the two-time winner, the Better Business Bureaus, and they were robbed. They should have been three-time winners. Holy cow, is this race close, man? We got brand new poll numbers out. You think the next guy that's going to be joining us, you think once this goes away, he's going to be all super bums because this is like his this fun is deal, time. right? Uh, I think he might be right. So High Ground has a new poll out. Talk about the gubernatorial race, the Senate race. It's the vice president of research and strategy at uh, High Ground. Paul Bench joins us. Hey, Paul, how are you? I'm great, and I'll tell you, in a few days, I will be incredibly happy, not bummed at all, Chad. Okay, thank God. Well, I just want to make sure you're okay. Guys like you need a beach after this thing, man. Amen to that. Amen. (laughs) All right, let's start with the gubernatorial race. Uh, Tell us us what you guys have come up with in the latest poll, maybe some surprises that you saw. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, so uh, when we talked a couple weeks back, uh, we had Katie Hobbs up by one point. That has since flipped. We now, our latest data reveals... Carrie Lake in the lead with 46.6% of the vote compared to 45% for Katie Hobbs with like 1.4 lead. Um, It's a pretty big shift to what we've seen compared to what we've seen in the past. Where are independents voting? Are they voting more for Hobbs or Lake or is it is it close? Is one side, you know, grabbing that independent vote? Independents are trending towards Hobbs. She's getting about 48% of them, and Lake's getting about 37%. So about 10-point advantage. You still have a pretty high number of undecided independents if they show up. And this is what we're looking at now is it doesn't appear like Republicans are interested in increasing voter turnout. I think they would just much prefer that these people don't show up at all because I think they know they have a better chance of winning the lower the turnout. All right. So you're saying undecided independents. Um, do you have a percentage of, of how many independents don't know who they're voting for yet? Uh, give me one second okay. to look that up. But, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a pretty sizable chunk here when we're looking at um, being this close to the race. And we still have got about 15 percent that don't know who they're going to vote for. And in all likelihood, if they don't know by now, some of that, some of those folks will just stay home. Huh. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. We're talking to Paul Benz, Vice President of Research at, uh, and Strategy at High Ground. Uh, when you're doing these, uh, you know, you're out there taking these polls. Are these likely voters? Are these, you know, registered voters? Uh, because that always makes a difference, too, because everybody will tell you some. But as you know, eh, a lot of times they may not show up. Right. These are likely voters. These are people who have a history of voting in our elections. Um, they they show up. And so it really kind of comes down to who shows up around them. We did add in folks that voted in the primary because they, if they were enthusiastic enough to vote in the primary. We think that they're likely to stick around. But this doesn't this is a conservative view of the electorate. If, if suddenly a lot more people showed up, they, this could change the results. But this is based on who's definitely going to show up. Hey, I saw another uh, not as awesome poll uh, done this week, though, uh, that says that white women who help push the Democrats over are starting to abandon the Democrats on this and head towards the uh, uh, to the to the Republicans. Are you getting that sense? Uh, certainly we're seeing the, the female gap uh reduce a little bit it had been almost 60 40 throughout a lot of the race in the Hobbs race now we're looking at about 54 percent of females for Hobbs compared to 30 uh 37 percent for Lake so we're really seeing 
um, that narrow a little bit. I think the Dobbs decision is not having as great of effect, and I do think the economic decisions are maybe playing a little bit better than we saw in recent weeks. All right. You got that independent and undecided yet or no? Yeah, so uh, um, it was, in that race, it is, the pardon me, it's 18% undecided wow. for, the, for the Hobbs Lake race. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So wait, wait, let's, let's go over this. So likely voters, right? These are likely independent voters. Yes. Ooh. There's a lot of people there. So yep. you so so go into that a little bit. Uh, we've got 18% of independent voters that are undecided. Is that how we're, is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, yeah. And I, I misspoke earlier. The the gap between Hobbs and Lake is a lot closer. Uh, what I meant is actually is that Mark Kelly is doing a better job with independence right now than Lake, than Hobbs is. Pardon me. And that the gap is much narrower. Because there's that 18% undecided. If they show up, they would likely trend towards Hobbs. That would be the assumption based on sort of the behavior and some of the things that they care about. But really, what we see is when the president is not at the top of the ticket, when there's not a thing to motivate independent folks to show up, what they'll do instead is they just don't vote. And so right now we expect them to be about a quarter of the total electorate. They're a little bit lower than that right now. Um, but Election Day, we know Republicans are going to surge significantly. I'm not sure if independents are going to follow suit. All right. Paul Benz, vice president of research and strategy at High Ground, Lake Plus One in the new poll. Uh, Masters and Kelly, what are we looking at? Kelly Plus One. It's, it's so wow. I've heard a lot of jokes today, a lot of responses to social media about I want to meet that elusive Kelly Lake voter, because there's about two points worth of them. That's the difference in this race right now. Uh, We've got Mark Kelly with um, basically he is clocking in at um, 45% or 46.4% compared to Blake Masters at 45%. Hey, uh, Paul, what's the biggest thing that, uh, you know, from from when you started really looking at this race and it got serious to now, what's the biggest thing that has surprised you in the way that these things have shifted? In this race in particular, what we see is that, um, you know, Mark Kelly was doing a lot better with 65 and older audience early on. Uh, He had been sort of solidifying himself in that group, and now he's losing it by about 13 points, 53% for Masters compared to 40% for for Kelly. He also had a a stronger grip on those independents that we previously talked about. He's got about a 10-point advantage. Uh, among those independent folks, but it just isn't as sizable as we've seen in the past. But I think the biggest thing that shocked me about both of these races, gentlemen, is that there are 10% of Republicans who are voting Democrat that they've, they've given up. And that's a pretty sizable, a double digit uh, number of Republicans are voting for Kelly uh, and for Hobbs. Only 3% of Democrats claim to be voting for masters and only 2% of Democrats claim to be voting for Lake. So they're not they're not e- the equal amount of crossover. There is a portion of the Republican Party who's fleeing from these candidates. Paul Benz is joining us. If you had to take a guess, because we were talking about this a little while ago, in, in the 2018 midterms, um, people went and voted for Doug Ducey, and they voted for Kirsten Cinema. So a Republican right. and a Democrat. Uh, are we, what do you think? Are we, are we going to see, like, uh, a Lake Kelly win, and then we're or are we going to see a Hobbs Masters win? What's more likely in Arizona? Uh, I, Kelly Lake would be the more likely of that that combination of four. We also might see a Lake Fontes 
uh, win where we see that you know, that might be the crossover there. There were 195,000 voters who voted for both Kirsten Cinema and Doug Ducey in 2018, which feels like years ago, by the way, eons ago. Um, th- those folks do kind of pick and choose as they go down the ballot, but they will default red um, the further down they go when the, in the lower information campaigns. So we, we might see like a mixed bag where they kind of go back and forth and we see some Republicans and some, some Democrats chosen. Last question here. We've got about uh, 30 seconds. Uh, do you expect turnout to be really, really high for Republicans on, on Tuesday? Yeah, based on everything that we're seeing so far and the underperformance with early ballot returns, I expect that we're going to see a significant number of Republicans show up on Election Day. So those those ballot place counts, when those happen around 9 o'clock tonight, those will definitely benefit the Republicans. Okay, cool. I just want to make sure we're going to have a lot of lawsuits. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You're basically guaranteed at this point. Uh, Paul Bentz, uh, Vice President of Research and Strategy at High Ground. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. So Lake plus one, Kelly plus one. And I will say it again. Lake plus one. If you're Hobbs, I, I got to think at this point, you're loving that poll. Kelly plus one. I've got to think at this point, if you are masters, you're loving that. Yeah, you are. So, again, I don't know how this is going to go, but maybe it's just turnout. I don't know. Maybe the polls are wrong. Somebody runs away with it. But, you know, the big thing that stands out to me, we've got independents. 18% are undecided on the gubernatorial race. Do some research. Figure it out. And vote. Or not vote if that's what you feel like. You know what? I'm not voting until people start, the party start delivering to me somebody I want to vote for, not something I want to vote against. Or that. (laughs) You can do that too. Yeah. All right. It's going to be absolute mayhem. Mayhem. Speaking of mayhem, we've got midterm mayhem coming up at 4.05. Five days until we vote. We'll discuss it for Katie Hobbs. Got 30 minutes on KTAR uh, today. Was it eye-opening or a waste of time? We're going to go through it. How did she do? What did she say? Uh, Coming up next, though, are you talking to your kids about the midterms? Well, someone just talked to a 12-year-old named Jack. (laughs) And so you talk, to, him. you talk to your son, you're pretty, pretty uh, surprised about what you learned. Yes. All right. Why don't we do that next? The Gatos Big Q poll question brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. All right. Head over to KTAR.com. Take the Gatos Big Q. Big Q. Here it is today. Will the appearance of former President Barack Obama in the Valley last night will help the Democrats get more excited about voting? Yes or no? 70% say no. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty, that's a, there it's, you go. Okay. Likely voters, 70% say no. All right. Uh, let's see. So good information from Paul Bentz over from High Ground. We've got Lake plus one and Kelly plus one. You might as well just toss it in the air. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't even know what to say. It's got to be one of the closest two races that we've ever had here in Arizona. Something interesting did pop up in the office. We want to share it with you. So are you talking to your kids about the midterm elections? Uh, because, you know, I'm sure they see you arguing on Facebook with everybody. Yes, of course. <laughs> Why don't we like Uncle Steve anymore? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you talked to your 12-year-old son, Jack, and you were kind of like, wow, this was uh, enlightening. What did you What did you so find out? I, he calls me last night. He's like, Dad, how's work? I said, uh, you know, the election's going on and all this stuff happened. He says to me, Dad, I thought the presidential election was uh, in 2024. I said, yeah, this is the midterms. Yeah. 
well, what are those? And I just said, what are they teaching you at school? Hmm. Right? Because even at that age, and he was telling me, that, you know, I gave him a rundown of what we are. We're not a democracy the way that you would think. We're a democratic, you know, a, a democratic republic, a representative republic. And, and I gave it down to you. We have 453, you know, House seats and 100 seats for the Senate. And But he didn't know... He knew some of like, you know, okay, no, I did. They don't, he doesn't know a lot of what's done. And I asked him, I said, well, dude, what are they teaching you? And he's like, well, right now we're only doing a, uh, you know, uh, world history. And then I'll have some civic stuff next year. And I'm like, but you should know some of this stuff, like a little bit, like well, like bills and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, I know at 12, you, well, I was weird. I like this stuff, but you, uh, you, I'm not sure a lot of I'm, there, I'm sure there's some 12 year olds who know that there's an election going on. But, you know, do they know it's presidential or a midterm? And do, do, do they know the difference? I, well, I told him, shame on you. I can't believe you're my kid because you and I've <laughs> talked about this. And, right. But the other part of it was, too, is it was just interesting to find out that, uh, you know, because when we were kids, at the, you know, I got civics class when I was like fifth and sixth grade. They were teaching about, you know, mayors and we were having class, fake classroom elections to talk about stuff. And they he's not going to get to that like he's in eighth or ninth grade, really. And I was like was a little shocked about that. But it was interesting talking to him, having to explain to him, you know, what are the three branches of government? Uh, you know, because when you tell it to him, because most people are like Larry Moe, Curly, Snap, Crackle, <laughs> Pop, they don't know. I mean, we've talked about it how many times we see at least two or three things a year to say 92 percent of people can't name the three branches of government. Legislative. Yeah. Judicial. Uh, executive. Executive. You know, it's not it's but something you should know. Yeah, it should know. And and so we had a long talk about it because he is interested in stuff like this. Mm. Uh, but it, it was just very it was very interesting. The fact that they're not even talking about it at school in a sense of just giving an idea of what's going on. So when my wife. Uh, for almost 30 years, taught second grade, she'd always have an election. She would let the kids vote yeah. on Biden or Trump, right? Or Hillary, Trump, or whatever, you know, and you go back in the past. And that way you can look, okay, these parents are liberal, these are conservatives. <laughs> well, because every kid is going to mostly vote with what they hear their parents That's say. That's exactly yeah. it. And so, but it was fun for the kids to actually fill out, you know, fake ballot. And then, of course, mail it in, and it was counted. And then the kids like, oh, my God, it's been <laughs> stolen. It was stolen here, too, Donald. Right, right. <laughs> so my, my wife always did that, and I always thought that that was, uh, that was kind of a cool thing. You're getting kids, uh, you know, just to kind of learn a little bit about the process, the three branches of government. You probably give a, well, here's a quiz. You know, well, who's running for president? Yeah. What are the three branches? We said, who's vice president? You right. get extra points if you know vice president is. Yeah. Or stuff. yeah. And so she made it fun for the second graders. Yeah. You know, and you were your kid. Like the schoolhouse rock taught you a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's how you make a bill on Capitol Hill, and then it goes to other people, and then they decide not to do it. Then all of a sudden, the lobbies get involved on Capitol Hill. Right. But my 12 year old stepdaughter, she is all up on it. Okay. She is way up on it because she loves politics and capitalism and all kinds of the workings of government and whatnot. It's funny. But Jack is like, you know, again, he's 12. I don't expect sure. him to, But I do expect him to kind of have an understanding of a few things. All right. Coming up next. Coming up! Becky Lynn has her 3.30 newscast. She does. We're going to invade it. Whoa. Yeah, we're going we're like to Russia. interrupt. Not like Russia. We're going <laughs> to we're gonna interrupt, uh, react to the day's top stories and uh, snark. Next. Arizona's news station. News station. K 
KTAR on air, 92.3 FM, online at KTAR.com and streaming live on the KTAR News app. Your breaking news and traffic now. It's 3.30 and you know what that means. Time for us to hold up the headlines. With those headlines, here's Becky Lynn. Arizona votes. First, the lady Jill Biden will be in Arizona on Saturday to encourage Arizonans to vote. Arizona Education Association President Marisol Garcia says Jill Biden has insight on the issues facing schools. The fact that we have empty classrooms that don't have teachers in them and then the funding of our schools and other policies that affect them. Making sure that the legislature doesn't politicize what's happening in our classrooms, putting cameras in our classrooms or determining what books we read. And Garcia believes education is a top priority for Arizona voters. Holding up the headlines. Becky Lynn reads the news while Gatos and Chad interrupt and react to the day's top stories. Uh, nobody cares if Joe Biden comes to Arizona. Yeah, it's that true. Does, yeah, that's... Listen, no offense. I'm just saying. And, and you know what? She might be great on education. I get it. But you're not going to get anybody to vote for a Democrat because you're sending out Joe Biden. Yeah. Uh, it's just like if you were to send out Joe Biden to Arizona, he's not going to get people excited about voting. No. Trump got people excited when he comes out for Lake and Masters. Uh, and Obama did a good job last night getting people excited for Hobbs and and, and Kelly. But at this point, you know, Jill Biden coming out. Uh, is that gonna, is would our, most of you even know who she was if she walked well, down the street? I would hope so. Goodness gracious, I'd hope so. Uh, I think you're giving a lot of people. But that doesn't move the needle. It's not moving the needle. When it, we're five days out. Yeah. Yeah. That's why Obama was here. But remember, she is a doctor. She is. Why are you looking at us weird, Becky Lynn? I'm just waiting. Settle down, Becker. Hold up. Lots of news here. Hold, hold up the headlines. You're holding it up. <laughs> the ballot measure that would let undocumented students pay in-state tuition in Arizona did get the endorsement of former President Obama last night. Obama says Congress still needs to find a permanent solution for kids brought to the U.S. as children known as dreamers. But in the meantime, you can vote yes on Prop 308. That's welcoming news for Angel, who showed up to see the former president speak. He says some of his friends are undocumented. And they have to work a thousand times as hard as I did to have to get into college. And then after that, they're paying up to uh, three times the amount of uh, normal tuition. Opponents of Prop 308 argue it could further incentivize illegal entry into Arizona. Rizal the Satino KTAR News. Well, I think at some point, though, we've got to, first of all, we need to find a, a long-term uh, situation when it comes to fix, when it comes to immigration. But the frustration out there, I get it, is like, I, I get you, you, you go to school here and we don't want to lose you. That being said, uh, you've talked about it too. My son coming here, he's going to have to pay out-of-state tuition and... Yeah, your son's in California. If he wanted to go to ASU, he would pay out-of-state tuition. And that would be a lot more than a dreamer would pay. But then I go back and forth. You're right. These kids came to America when they were very small. As far as I'm concerned, they're just as American as you and I. Probably more so. They probably understand it and realize it thanks to their parents in the sense of, of, you know, what they went through to get here. That being said, anything that feels like another lost leader to bring people here, though, we've got to stop that because we've got a nightmare going on. All right, we're holding up the headlines. Arizona has received multiple reports of voter intimidation and tension continues to grow as Election Day draws near. That's why Maricopa County Supervisor Bill Gates and the Secretary of States from Michigan and Georgia are breaking down Election Day security plans. The major focus from us from a security perspective is at the ballot tabulation center because that's where in 2020 we saw hundreds of people for days down there. He adds there will be law enforcement in plain 
close at vote centers, but stresses the county doesn't want that to be the focus. You think it's going to be messy? Uh, we're going to have some few. I think we'll have a few incidents. We're going to have incidents. There's no question about it. Uh, should we have those incidents? No. People should just, you know, um, stop watching other people. Uh, if you want to believe your little conspiracy theories, stay home and, and, and wear your war pants on there. You know where I think we're going to have more incidents, though, is the count. Like this, that, that's where I think we're what getting a lot of, of, of... What is it like? What does that mean? When everybody hand-counting, double-triple-checking, the whole nine yards, people are going to start accusing each other of stuff. And there's the, I just feel like we're going to have it pre with people voting, and then when the counting's going on, there's going to be incidents as well. As far as people yelling back and forth and who's... Oh, that... It's just... This is... Uh, this got, is setting got, up to be a nightmare. It is. It's, it's gotten insane. We're holding up the headlines. That's the sound of a one-pound homemade bomb. What was it? Sound of a one-pound homemade bomb. Could you play it again? Yeah. The FBI and Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency have created something they're calling Operation Flashpoint to implore retailers to watch for people who may be up to no good. Bombs can be constructed with all sorts of everyday items, such as drain cleaner, hydrogen peroxide, or nail polish. Now, these are all great products that we use in our daily use, right? They're legal. They make our lives better, but if a nefarious actor takes them and combines them in certain ways or combinations, they can be used to make a bomb. Chuck Leas with the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency says be wary of items being bought in bulk or abnormal shopping behaviors. Colton Krolak, KTAR News. And you can report suspicious activity by calling 1-855-TELL-FBI or 1-877-4AZ-TIPS. Buying in bulk? What's Costco for? Like, I have to call everybody well, near is buying in bulk. I don't like, know. You know, you know are, you, are they you giving out? Look, you don't look to be a, a salon owner, so do you really need 200 pounds of fertilizer? Fertilizer. Yeah, exactly. You know, or, or maybe or I got a big backyard. Or yeah, something. no, I, I understand. I understand what you're saying. Uh, are, is that where we are now? That people are, you know, I mean, bombs have always been kind of a. Uh, Maybe there's uh, an uptick in a little bit of the chatter with domestic terrorism. I think there's got to be. Operation Flashpoint, it's a thing. Yeah, there's got to be. So who are they saying, uh, watch out? Are they saying store owners? Mm -hmm. This is is asking retailers to be alert. uh, Not not, over the buying, not the the actual, like, look around and see if somebody leaves a bag. No, just if somebody somebody were to buy something that you know is bomb-worthy in bulk. That's unsettling. Mm -hmm. A little bit. A little bit. Hold up the headlines. Could be a challenging day on the highways and interstates in northern Arizona. Benjamin Peterson with the National Weather Service says a major storm is expected to drop four to eight inches of snow and flag and lighter amounts in lots of spots. Anywhere those heavier bands set up, uh, the roads will probably become at least temporarily snow-coated and dangerous. So make sure you have a winter driving kit if you're coming up here and take your time. Some areas east of Payson could get eight to ten inches of snow by tonight. Hey, what's in a winter driving kit? Anybody know? Well, probably chains, right? Uh, Flares. Flares. Blanket. Yeah. Winter. Batteries. Flashlight. Driving. I don't know. I have AAA. Does that count a AAA card? (laughs) Is it in your kit? It depends. (laughs) Yeah, really. But, you you know, AAA is great, but you get somewhere where you don't have any cell service. Uh, Bag of cat litter. Oh, yeah, for uh, traction. Really? Or if you bring cats. Or or if your cat has a problem, yes. Mm -hmm. An ice scraper. 
Yeah, we yeah. don't have those here in Arizona. They're not sold here. We wouldn't even know what to do with that. No. What is this? Do I throw it at somebody? Jumper <laughs> cables. You can use a credit card and um, yeah. we do know what that is here. Yeah. <laughs> flashlight is always good, but that means your phone, right? Or should you have an extra have flashlight? I have an extra one. Really? Well, yeah. That's old school. Like a nice big one. That's old school. Mm. Uh, but, you she's, know. she's definitely OG. Uh, what else? First aid kit. Eh. Hey, walk it off. All right. There it is. That's your winter. Uh, the cat litter I didn't get. That I didn't get that one. Non-perishable snacks. Chad, you love snacks. I do. I right, love snacks. KTAR has been around 100 years, and uh, never has a newscast been interrupted until us. That's no. all I have to say. That's 100 years. We 100 that years. That is right. Hey, you, you do the news, and we'll break it. <laughs> Stomp on it. We will. Step on it. That's what we like to call holding up the headlines. Becky Lynn reads the news. We interrupt, react to the day's top stories with a bunch of snark. All right. Uh, here's a good one. Why is a, a couple... Naming their kid Taco Bell. Why is a couple naming their kid Taco Bell? What the heck is wrong with people? Del Taco's taken. All right. KTAR News, 92.3 FM. You're locked in to the Gatos and Chad Show. Coming up at 405, midterm mayhem. We are five days away. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about Katie Hobbs. She got 30 minutes on KTAR today. Was it any good? What did she say? Uh, you know, just a joke on her. She probably didn't say it eloquently, but who am I to who am I to say that to anybody? Oh, how could right? you do that? Who am I to say that? Right? I'm stumbling all over myself. Uh, plus, we got a new high ground poll. Uh, where's Mark Kelly and uh, Blake Masters? What does Lake V Hobbs look like? We got the latest. It's coming up. Midterm mayhem. Mayhem. All right. So there's a couple, and they've got a, a kid, and they want to name the kid Taco Bell. People yeah, people there's worse. a reason for that, though. Right, right. Their last name is Bell. Okay? Yeah. So, their favorite restaurant, Taco Bell. So, you're going to name your kid Taco. I mean, it's almost like, you know... Now, <laughs> are they giving you, like, you know, Taco Bell for life free? No. See, that's one of those things where you're like, okay, you know, there's a basketball player, right? There's Taco Fall, is that his name? I have no idea. And there was a, uh, isn't there a... a uh, NFL player was named Taco. I have no idea. I'll take your word for it. But a newborn baby could be destined to live with the name Taco. First of all, mom's 19. <sighs> Dad's 21. A lot. That's a lot young. Uh, I think. What do you think? If you're 19, do you get to you get to name the kid? I'm not so sure. What, well, who should you? Uh, I don't know. You, know. you know, in some countries now that there's like an approved name list. Is that right? Yeah, where you can't name your you know kid uh, Adolf. Uh, yeah, but uh, here he goes uh, Vadunte Taco Charlton. Now, what is that? That is a guy that plays currently for the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, and his 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 birth name is Taco. Uh, yeah, or Vadante. Taco Charlton. Okay. So. All right. Well, wait. Is there... Are they having twins? Oh, what were their... Oh, there's Taco Fall. Don't forget about him. That's his name, actually. Who's that? He is uh, Elijah Taco Diop. (laughs) Fall. Uh, Yeah, they're having twins. Did you guys... All right. So this this couple, Clara, 19, Trey, 21... Already making solid decisions. Yeah. Uh, they're having twins, and they're going to name one of the babies Taco, because the last name is Bell. And they're thinking about... Uh, oh, they're thinking... Oh, Ring? The, tinker. <gasps> no! That's what they're considering. That's pretty cool. 
Taco's twin sister is going to be named Tinker. Oh, gosh. Who was the uh, skier? Peekaboo. Oh, Peekaboo Street? Right. And they, you know how she got her name? Peek-a-boo her parents Street? did not name her, and they let her pick her own name oh, when she was like that's four. terrible. Yeah, they're hippies. <laughs> hippies are the worst. Everybody, everybody hates hippies. Uh, that's like allowing your kid to pick their gender at three. Yeah. Well, I'm that's not totally, for that totally either. fine. Yeah. No, it's not. Hey, to- are you no, sure? I'm, I'm sure Why? it's not totally fine. Okay. Now, I am go. not in that group that thinks that's okay. No, I am not in that group that thinks that's okay. It is, uh, wow, Tinkerbell. So their last name is Bell. They're going to name their the, the twins, boy and a girl, Taco and Tinker. That's just, like, what do you, these two think that that, that these two are toys? Like, really? Oh, they're giving them unique names. We're saying it's like a boy named Sue, They've right? They're no- going to send them out. Look, you're already born to a bunch of, you know, young Kids who are already making solid life decisions, oh. and you're, you know, so Taco and Tinker. There you go. You're going to learn life is uh, going to be a sh- uh, interesting. Worst name you ever heard uh, someone name a child? You can't beat mine. Uh, goodness me! Uh, you know what? There's there's so many Pajama. <laughs> okay, maybe you did Pajama because it was. The mother named this because when she came to America, she loved looking through like these old uh, like uh, books that, you know, when for, you know, like, hey, you can come here and buy this. Mm. And Pajama was her name. Mm. Pajama. How about this one? Annis. You want to take a guess on how to spell that? I think we know. A-N-U-S. Annis. Or you can pronounce it the right way. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to. I went to school with a girl named Morningstar. Hippie? Oh, God, so hippie. That's fantastic. They were patchouli. They were the greatest, nicest people. But, whoo, her sister was named something else like Moonbeam or All something. Right. Uh, midterm mayhem. Five days left. Katie Hobbs got 30 minutes today on KTAR. What did she say? Next.